It's hard to think of anyone in modern football with a more appropriate nickname than Dale Flea Waitman. The former Richmond champion played 274 games at 170 centimetres and roughly 70 kgs. That's 5 foot 7 and 10 stone 12 in the old measures. And he was diabetic to boot. You're a tough little bugger, Flea, as well as very, very good. Oh, look, I came from a family of tough people. The old man played until he was... He played until he was 47 in the Did bush. He? Yeah, yeah. yeah, he played for 300 games in the, in the main league and then went out and uh, played in the, the minor league for another four or five years. Yeah, he was a, he was a hard nut. Your, your resilience and your courage was as much uh, in play as your skill, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. But I, I still remember the um, when I got invited down, the old man said to me, there's going to be a lot bigger blokes in there. Don't fumble. Work on your skills to make sure every time you got it, you used it properly. And I reckon that... That was probably one of the things I did pretty well. Plus, um, being this size, I've always been this size, so it didn't really matter. Yeah. So the big blokes were always going to be big. doesn't matter what league I was playing in. And so in junior footy, everyone was a bit bigger than me and, and all that kind of stuff. But So I knew tackling, uh, I put a lot of pressure on, yeah. So You are now what we call an inside player, and the crushes were pretty rugged in those days, weren't they? Yeah, do you say that, Mike? Yeah, no. <laughs> uh, I, it's one of those things. Look. But that's the way it was, and that's why I didn't fumble too much. You know, you got crunched every every now and then. But um, oh, look, I enjoyed the contest. So, and that's what you had to do to, to be any good or last in the game. Who rode shotgun for you? Oh, look, I, I, there was a, there was a few blokes, but I suppose the um, the best was Terry Smith, the mm-hmm. late and great. Look, he was a Brutus. We used to call him, you know, a swanee old boy. But he he played in the nineties with me in the um, in seventy seven when I first came down, and it was like matching because he got. They, they, they used to target you all the time and all that kind of thing. You used to get tagged a hell of a lot early on. So I, you know, at the contest, uh, I'd say to General Mark Lee, just hit it down here, so wink to Brutus, yeah, and I'd, the, the tag would be next to me, so I'd just get behind him and push him into where the ball was. He thought, oh, I've got the ball here, and Brutus would come in and clean him up. And that's what it is. <laughs> so, and I, I'd mention to him, don't ever grab hold of me again, mate, so otherwise it's going to Because that'll happen again. That'll happen yeah. again. So that was, that was preordained. I mean, that was yeah, well, Tony Jewell, who was your premiership coach. He was a huge admirer of Terry Smith. He would have set him for that task? Oh, Terry, no, I think Terry didn't need it to be set anything. He, that's what he, how he played. wasn't any colourful, you know, his skills weren't great, but crikey, when the chips were down, you just knew he needed someone like uh, Brutus to be there because mm. you knew that he'd, he'd carry out whatever. Flea, you were a premiership player at 20 when Richmond smashed Collingwood in 1980. You finished that decade as captain of a team that finished on the bottom of the ladder. What went wrong with Richmond? A lot of things. I think we took our eye off the ball. Look, we, um, where we were strong in the 60s, 70s, we had really good youth coming through, I reckon. We had, had some... Uh, through our under-19s, we were very successful there and the, the game plan always went through the seconds and then the seniors. And then we, uh, I suppose, in, after 82 when we lost to Carlton, you know, <laughs> uh, the Blues, um, and when uh, Roachy, uh, I mean, um, Cloakie and, and, and Rainsy got pinched by Collingwood, we kind of went that way. Said, oh, well, let's try to pin some players off mm. Collingwood and do the same thing. And we actually took, and we had some really good players in the under-19s, but actually weren't really weren't nurtured as well as what they should have been. And, um, and that happened for a while. And it just, I, th- I think we just lost our way a bit. Richmond went for vengeance, didn't they? They were angry about Reigns and Cloak going to Collingwood. 
and I think they just sort of said, whatever happens, we're going to take people from Collingwood, good or not. Yeah, and we did. Oh, we did. We got a couple of good ones. We didn't, but I, I thought we um, we lost a hell of a lot more than we gained. There's no doubt. You know, Cloakey and and Reigns were superstars at the Richmond Footy Club, you know, um, and we 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 got some some good blokes back from from Colling, but they weren't the superstars at those mm. those two blokes were. You're a great admirer of Tony Jules, good friend of Tony Jules. How did you feel? Do you remember how you felt at the time when Tony got the flick, virtually 12 months after winning a premiership? Yeah, it's, it's amazing, really, when you think about it. And in those days, it was... Um, that's how Richmond was. Look, I played for 16 years and I had nine coaches. Yeah. In 16 years, that's a lot of yeah. coaches. So you, lo you lost a bit of continuity, what we're trying to do. And one, you think, oh, he's got some good ideas. And then they changed him the two, um, you know, after two years. And it, it made it hard to actually get any continuity with it. And so the new coach had come in and they'd actually say, well, I don't really want to get rid of this bloke because I don't know much about him and got all the information. So, look, we had a... It was a bit of a, a struggle... And, and the players couldn't really do much about it. We just played the foot in whoever it was. That's what we did. When Berkey, Francis Peake, was appointed, what was your view? Do you remember? Yeah, look, Francis was... Uh, look, he's a super player, mate. He was one of the best players I've ever played with. Um, and, and I think he... he missed it too. I think he, he needed some work in the, on the, in the coaching area. But GR, he's great, you know, great... He, Great, he loved him and he also was a partner in a couple of pubs with him and made him the coach. He just, I think he just struggled a bit with the communication with the players and, and, and that, that happens. At the end of 83, Berkey's gone. I mean, it was, when we look back on it, you couldn't foresee that, could you? You'd think Berkey would be there for 10 or 15 years. He's gone. You get an offer from St Kilda, was that the right time? 83? Yeah, yeah around about yeah. Uh, 83, yeah. Were you tempted? I was, I was. Well, TJ was a coach. You know, was yeah, no, it was yeah. funny. I was living with a with a, a mate of mine in uh, in uh, Auburn Road. There, and he's a Mad St Kilda supporter. You know, he's come home from work one day, and then I had Tony Jewell and Ian Stewart, who was the CEO, in the in the room. He said, "Sign up, please." <laughs> Sign up. You know, little Duncan Rains. He was a classic. But uh, in the end, it was like uh, it was it was obviously more money than that. But I I was never one of those blokes that went for money. Um, I, I always felt comfortable where I was and to go there, I didn't think they were going to have as much any success mm -hmm. uh, more than, than Richmond, even though TJ was there and I really admired uh, TJ, yeah. So later in that decade, the Blues and I think Sydney expressed some interest, didn't they? Yeah, they both did. Um, Sydney was, because that's when they were um, obviously up, up in Sydney and uh, they chucked the, um, they, they really were keen on me and so forth. I didn't really want to go to Sydney for a start. The Blues was probably the the um, the big 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 offer and it was and it wasn't and the money was huge in those days. What sort of was, money? Well, put it this way, it was, I think, eighty six, I think, um, eighty seven. So it would have been for five years, five years, mm -hmm. um, and it was a hundred grand a year for five years. No tax, so it was clear. So I don't know how they were going to do it. I didn't care, but I thought about it. I spoke to the old man, and, and I was quite happy at Richmond, although we were struggling. Uh, on the field, I was happy there. Was comfortable, um, and but the worst thing about it was that they actually Carlton won the premiership yeah. the next year, yeah. and that's where you miss out. That's why you play for. And at the end of the eighties, I mean, Richmond's bankrupt in more ways than one, isn't it? Mm. No money. You're on the bottom. You're the captain. Could you see a future from there? Oh, I was always positive. You know, you know, you're trying to to be involved in a club where you've been there for so long. And, uh, and I was quite happy to, 
to look, and I suppose um, the things that got me through uh, was state footy. I enjoyed yep. them. You, you, know, know, you did. Uh, you could tell it in your body language. You loved playing, wearing the big white V, didn't you? And you were great at twenty games for Victoria, and probably in the best in almost every one of them. Yeah, and, and the thing was, because because as I said, our, our the Richmond side wasn't that strong. We, we struggled in a lot of areas. So I'd be doing all the running and everything. You get tagged and you get knocked around a bit. Playing a state game. No one tagged me. Mm. I used to, uh, Sheeds when he was coaching or whoever, they'd, they'd tag, you know, Platt or someone like that. And so I used to get um, McDermott, okay, quote, uh, McDermott the, for the South Australia side. Yep. And the, he was, wasn't that quick and everything. So I used to run around wherever I wanted to do. And they didn't tag me, which was fantastic. But I, I enjoyed it. The thing about it was, I enjoyed playing with these guys. Like the training, the training sessions, unbelievable. The ball never hit the ground. Mm. You run over here. You kind of run in areas where, oh, well, if I run here, hit, bang, you get it, and vice versa. And uh, it was also good when you, when you had the, in the stoppages around the ground, you had a Madden, you had Williams, you had Healy, mm. you had Murphy, you had all... And, mate, it was, it was amazing uh, how, the, how the ball moved around the game. And the games were magnificent. They were. We missed them. I mean, that was, the ex- that was football at its purest, wasn't it? Oh, no doubt. You know, when you, you had the great EJ Witten. Mm. Oh, he was a character. And, and you just loved being around him. Loved his footy. Loved uh, state footy and really drove it to the nth degree. And uh, it was just good sitting down with him, having a chat about what he d- mm. used to do in his days. Look, he could tell some stories. <laughs> he was you know, very well, good this is, a, this is G in it, so we can't talk about that. <laughs> now, I want to ask you about the diabetes. Were you a, a diabetic from birth? No, no, no. I'd, uh, I... I got it in... Well, I reckon I might have had it for a year before it was actually done. I got it at the end of 83. Um, I played six years of uh, league footy. I think I looked at the records. I've, I played about 112 or 13 games for the Tigers, played the Premiership, won the best first-year player and was was going all right. Then I it was... I just felt a bit... You know, I was just feeling a bit ordinary, you know. I just... Thinking this is this is wrong. I'd, we're training really hard, and at, at Christmas time I've just gone away for a holiday, and I'm drinking water, and I'm just can't stop. And I'm, I looked at, I weighed myself, and I was 61 kilo. Really? And I only played at 70, so you can imagine I was a little yeah. skin and bones. So I went back to um, the club and said, "Look, I'm having this trouble here." So I saw the doctor, and he said, "Oh, is anyone else in the family a diabetic?" And he I said, he, "He said, I said yes, my older brother Ross, five years older than me." I didn't know much about it. He left home ages ago and, uh, and so forth. And he said, well, go and test your, your sugar. So we tested the sugar and your sugar's got to be between four and seven millimoles. That's what they call it. I was 34. Wow. So I've been that for a long time. So I, that's why you're losing all the weight because it just starts grabbing muscle and fat off you and all that kind of stuff. Hospital for two weeks, getting organised. And it was, it was funny, like uh, I remember one of the... Um, uh, Board members might have come in and and, uh, and see see how I was going on that, and, he, and I know they went back and see is he all right? Because I only just signed a contract with them just for a mm. couple of years, and I think they might have thought, oh well, he's already signed. But they, but yeah, that's what that's happened. So how did you manage it? Were you were you on daily injections? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was too early on, then I got onto four, managed it better. But that's four times a day. You when you get up, lunchtime, tea time, and supper. So that's four injections a day. So I had to. Work that out through your um, 
your, your footy, uh, what you had to do, training and all so that So what about match days? Match days, put it this way. Leading up to a match, um, I'd have to start organising myself Wednesday or Thursday. So I, the thing about getting through a game of footy was having enough carbohydrates in your system to get through and all that kind of stuff and do all the training. So, say, so Thursday, Friday, eat a lot more carbohydrates. That would actually increase your, your um, sugar levels, OK? But what you need, if you, if you didn't have more insulin, is all the goodness to be... You'd be just going to the toilet all the time. So I had to increase my insulin for, the, for two days leading up to the game. Leading uh, on a Saturday morning, just have a, have a normal-type breakfast because I'd already had the the storage of what in my, in my system. Uh, and then on match day, I needed someone to come around and look after me just every couple of minutes just with a, a drink that mm. we work out. And John Beaudry, he was a ripper, he was the assistant boot star at the mm. Tigers, chain smoker, mm. OK, and had, had a good time. Mate, he had to give up smoking. He was the fittest assistant boot starter in the league because he came out, he was, he was magnificent for me. So what was the beverage? Was oh, it was, it was mainly just a, a concoction of a bit of a cordial or Gatorade or whatever. And he just, I just sip it and just keep sipping it too in the, um, the quarters. And at quarter time, I'd have a banana or something. Then after the game, this is where um, after the game it took me a while to adjust my insulin because mm-hmm. what I'd do is I'd see the sugar, the readings, and sometimes they were high. Um, so I'd have the same amount of insulin, uh, eat the same thing. But 3 o'clock in the morning... It comes down very quickly, and I'd have hypos where you go in a cold sweat. So then I had to adjust my insulin probably the next couple of days until because I, I used to run between 15 and 17 k's. Mm. I can't see it mm. getting better from you know here to, here to here to there. So it was it was working out what to do and how to do it and all that kind of stuff. Did you ever crash during a game? No, no, no. no. So I, I had it pretty well organised. Paddy McCartan, uh, the St Kilda young St Kilda forward, he's a diabetic. Yep. Would would you have any advice for him or would you ever think of talking to him about how to manage it? Oh, definitely. I've, I've offered a couple of... Because there was a, another couple of guys that played, uh, I think, at the Doggies um, and some of I've, I've offered to help them, but they haven't come back. That's fine. That doesn't worry me. But, uh, oh, no, I think I think it's like most things. Um, you're, uh, pe- people, they're, see, in my day, they, they didn't have any support whatsoever. Mm. Now, mm. <laughs> got, there's a sport they've got all over with the educators and all that. Got, mine was all trial and error. They, they come to me now and a lot of the doctors said, how did you do that? So it was like just working mm-hmm. it out. Flea, when we come back, I want you to tell me about your thoughts on Dusty Martin. Well, what's the worst injury you suffered? In your footy career? Uh, worst one? Oh, look, I... Uh... Well, let me remind you of one while you're thinking of that. OK. You played a fair bit of football with Jeff Raines, including a premiership. OK. Raines is playing for Brisbane. Brisbane are playing the Tigers. You ended up carted off the ground. What happened? Yeah, oh, look, it's one of those games where, look, Raines and I, we, we collide with each other and I've hit him with him and hit him along the... And he obviously thought I'd target him, but I'd never target anyone. I'm a clean-cut living bloke. <laughs> and and, and, and uh, the, next, the next ball up around the ground, whew, I was out of it. Apparently just give me a round over, which is fine. But I, I went off the ground and never came back on. But all I can remember, I reckon it was half-time when Tony Jewell was the, the coach, his second time around, and blasting everyone for not looking after me. Apparently the uh, the next uh, quarter, 
I think there was every player except Michael Roach because he wouldn't move <laughs> a grape, belted rangy. <laughs> but I got reported for the um, for the uh, for my contact with him earlier, and he's come in and fairly. I've looked at him. I said, "What's happened to you?" And then I found out that he he actually got cleaned up. Didn't work him over. Yeah, that yeah. worked him over, which is fair enough. Yeah. Hey, talking about Tony Jewell, did he throw a pie at you at one yeah, post match? I still remember. He won because TJ used to go off off tap all the time, and we're all sitting down. Well, I'm sitting down on the um, on the floor, and not like these now where they have fruit and oranges and beautiful sandwiches. Yeah. Pies. Yeah. Pies and pies and parties and all that kind of stuff. And long necks. And long necks. Well, no, no, no. They didn't have any long necks in the rooms when he was coaching the second time. But then you got... Um, I saw him. I just out in the corner. He's come out of the coach's room. He'd given us a blast and we're sitting down there just recuperating. He's picked it up and just threw it. A pie. A pie. Yeah. A pie. It's come, I just... It's coming straight at me. I've gone bang like that and it's landed, splattered against the wall everywhere. And I just mentioned him, look, I said to TJ, next time I like mine with sauce. <laughs> <laughs> kind of back to us. He was, he was, he was yeah. a little TJ. He was wild, wasn't he? Oh, mate, it's a matter. Now, you, you genuinely were a brilliant player. I mean, I saw a poll of Richmond players in the last 50 years. That you did, which was a magnificent poll, yeah, I that must I admit. Did. Uh, and the predictable top three yeah. uh, were Bartlett, Hart and Burke, and you were four. Yeah. And that, and that was a fantastic... No, but, I mean, that's, that's a genuine assessment of, um, of the Richmond players that I'd seen. You were clean with your hands, one grabber. You got out of the crushes in the centre. You are quick and you used the ball beautifully. I mean, your hands... I, I think only Barry Cable had um, hands the equal of or better than yours. And they're, they're the type of blokes that I... Yeah, you look at when when you're watching on the TV when you cable. I thought, how good too. You never wasted anything. Mm. That's probably something you work on all the time, you know. And that's why you become that way. It doesn't matter who you are. And that's what I did. I, I worked on my foot, foot skills, hand skills. So yeah, you know. And, and I suppose the difference with me though, I I always trained as I was going to play. Mm -hmm. So nothing was. That's what made you probably a better player because you didn't go through the motions. Actually, you wanted to be in the situation like you would be on the footy field. Did you have a mentor? Do you remember? Um, mentor? Well, the old man was a great, great um, footballer. But mainly, I reckon, uh, when I was um, in the under-19s, I reckon we had one of the best coaches of all, all time that I had was Donny Davenport. Yep. yep. Uh, played in the, uh, for the Tigers and that. But he was a ripper coach. But he actually taught you how to how to um, play at the next level in the seniors. So that's, and that's where it started. The uh, 2017 flag, I suspect that you thought you might never see that after it's been so long since you played in 1980. Did last year surprise you? Well, it did at the start of the year. Cause we, I, I, look, because we had a pretty poor year before, um, I suppose, but they made a few different changes to the, to the make-up of, the, make -up of the, um, the club, coaches and... Administrators, you know, obviously a big plus, and it was a combination of whole others. Uh, one that um, I think Neil Barn was fantastic. I still remember when I played my first, uh, got got a chance to train with the seniors in 1978. Played my first game. Barmy made me so welcome. It was it was amazing. Yeah, good to see you. Well done. You know, he chat to you and all that kind of stuff. And it was just great to to know that a bloke, a guy that you know, been so such a good player for the Tigers, and he was only in his late 20s then, because uh, he only played the one year with me. Uh, but it was good to be um, have someone with that support and say, well, you know, come along and enjoy it. 
So it can't be a fluke that he's been involved in the administration of three clubs and they've all won flags, can it? Uh, of course it's not. No, because he's a very calm... So what is this? Well, I, I reckon he listens. He listens. He's not one of those blokes who will tell you that he's there to do this. And he'll listen and then he'll give advice. So it's more about, OK, but he's, he's welcoming. and he, he, He's, you know, that happy-go-lucky type of bloke, you know. But he, he's one of those guys that listens... And then, then they'll say, well, what about this, what about this, what about this? In a way where you think, well, oh, that's a, probably a better way to do it. You know, it's not, you know, it's, it's not rocket science, but I reckon it's sometimes it's how, how you deliver it, and he does it so well. It's, he's a calming influence, isn't oh, he? Oh, there's no doubt about that, yeah. He's not, not so calming when he was on the footy field. No. He was another, <laughs> which a, is fantastic. It's a contrast to what he was <laughs> but, on but the But that was good, though. You know, I felt, when I, as I said, in 78, I remember Carl, we're playing... Uh, so cool to when Carl Dishman was playing with him. Mm. Carl's giving me one. Next minute, the next contest, Carl's running out and Barmy's kind of fell over him and then he's in, and, and, and out in front of the, the MCC. Yeah, I remember. And all I remember, Barmy saying, don't do that to any of our little blokes ever again. Yeah. Because no, he's looking after me. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I didn't realise that the forerunner to that was uh, Oh, yeah, no, Carl. He, yeah, no, he gave me a cheap shot. Yeah. You know, Carl, and Carl never did that. So it was a surprise. You've played with a lot of good players at Richmond. A lot of good players. Yeah. Where does Dusty Martin sit in that collection? Uh, well, he, he, look, he's a kid that um, I've watched, you know, I've, I've been there for 19 years, and you see the, all the, uh, the different players that come through in that time. And he's just a remarkable player. <laughs> he's quiet, doesn't really, you know, he doesn't want the limelight or anything like that. But, he, what, you know, early on, he's obviously, you know, wasn't too sure where he was at and we had to do a bit of work with him and everything. And, but he's shown over the last three years, three or four years, that he's going to be one of the best players of all time. You just see what he can do. How would you be sitting in the goal square with him on you? And the ball's coming down saying, mm. hey, I don't want to be here. Mm. You know, what he also does is he can kick goals all the time, but he hands it off to people in players in better position to make sure that we do get the right points. There's everything about him, yeah. Did you ever have any fears that he might go last year? I... No. I just don't think so, cos knowing, knowing, that, knowing that the, the lad, you think, look, I suppose he's got to um, have a look at the office, you know. I, I, first off, I think the Tigers offered him so much and manager said, oh, no, we'll wait a bit, and he got, you know, he went up and up, and that's, that's uh, the way it is now. What well, you've got a boy at Richmond at the moment? Yeah, Kyle's just having a bit of a run. He's just doing the, the pre-season with um, uh, uh, with the VFL, which is good for him. He's, he plays at Strathmore, which is a really good club. Uh, he only just turned 19 a month or so ago. All the boys can play. Uh, they all go all right, the, the boys. The trouble is uh, the two, uh, Liam and Kyle, who's 20 and 19, are my size, and the 17-year-old's six, over six foot. Well, no. And he's got Does the he Robinson. Like you? Yeah, they all look like me, so they're mine, so there's no problem. But he, I think he's got from the Robinson side, so Keith is over six foot, and that's where he's got it from. Is he dirty like he's dead? No, no, look, I was never dirty. You were, I just, no, I, that, you were tough, weren't you? Mate, well, like most things, look, I used to get cleaned up all the time. And the thing was, if I had to let them just do what they wanted to do, I would I played 16 years. I might have only played 10, might have been mm. only eight. But you so were I just strong, let them weren't you? you? You were deceptively strong. Yeah. Oh, yeah, worked on it, mate. I was, I was, uh, you know, I did the weights and all that kind of stuff. Did the attention you got from opposition teams, did that ever break your spirit? Did you lose your composure at any time? Oh, I suppose um, it must have been because I got 
reported 16 times. It must 16, have been, did you? Yeah, but I got, it was eight and eight. Eight times I got off and eight yeah. times I did weeks. Well, so, in those days, you had to kill someone to get suspended, didn't well, you? Well, so you should have. You know, <laughs> cause, well, that's how it was. Eh? Look, and I must admit, they've cleaned the game now. I'd love to be able to um, bend over the ball, know that you're not going to get cleaned up, mm. where in the old days it was like helter-skelter. You know, mm. that's the way it was. Which, which brand of footy, the one you played in, or the one you're watching now, do you prefer? Oh, the one I played in. Because, well, yeah... You think it's been sanitised too much? Oh, a few things. But the thing about what, what I liked about um, when I played in the 80s, most of the 80s, you had these blokes playing on each other and actually you actually knew what was going on and how, how, how they were set up. There was no... Um, and the tactics are obviously a lot better. Like, TJ was... Pretty, they were pretty basic. Get mm. the ball, move it quickly, get into forward line, and actually, and and they talk about possessions now. Right? Fair income. Uh, half of them uh, get over here, get over here, cheap ones. Yep. Yeah. We used to actually to run to the fall of the ball, get get underneath the packs, and do all that kind of stuff. So it was it's a lot harder, a lot harder. And you had to have you had to have a more of a footy brain, uh, and I think they've turned that around. I reckon five years ago there was more athletes playing it. Now they've gone back to, oh, let's get some smart little blokes. Like I told the recruiters, and hopefully they're watching this, <laughs> the Richmond recruiters, about time, why don't you get a couple of these smart little blokes around into this side? No, we, it's good to have some big blokes, but most of them all they do is take up space. <laughs> you know, <laughs> get some said. smart little blokes around, around the ground. And, and look you, what mean you mean that? Oh, I, I yeah. do, because they, they, look, they can put the pressure on. All you've got to do is bring them on the ground. Ain't too many, you know, you get it, get it moving. That's, they've... they've Really done well in that area. Which which Rovers did you respect most when you oh, were playing? Look, uh, when I played, um, there was obviously um, another bloke called Flea that was pretty. Good. Yeah, mate, he was a superstar. And he Wilson. was at the end. Of, he was at the end of his career when I started. But um, he, he, Gary Wilson, he was he was a, he was a ripper. Um, I suppose you got Brian Royal. You had uh, Johnny Platten. Um, uh, who else? Uh, Mitchell, um, Michael, Barry Michael, Mitchell, Barry Mitchell, yeah. Barry Mitchell, they were all good players, you know. They all things. Um, Stevie Wright from the Swans was a. See, they were all in that hard because you had to work really hard mm. to get the footy. The trouble is, I reckon Johnny Platten didn't have to work as hard as any others because they were in a rip aside. So I can't say I've always had a lot of affection for the Richmond Footy Club, but I can. Oh, we say, know that. But I can't can say I loved watching you play. I mean, I would say you're in the three best Rovers that I've ever seen play the game. Uh, loved the way, the polish you had on the field, you don't always have it off the field, but it was great watching you play, mate, and great to catch up with you. Oh, good on you, Mike. You know, it's great to see you're still alive. That's the main <laughs> thing.